All right, welcome back, everyone. It has been a long, like, four or five weeks since our last episode, which is crazy. Uh, Caleb, how are we doing? We are doing good. It has been, it's been a long time, but season started. I felt like we had to kind of get a little bit into the season to see if we could, uh, you know, just have a little bit more to talk about and kind of see where teams were at before we... uh, before we jumped in for another recording, but um, lots of covers, so exciting. Yeah, I, I think people missed my absolute freak out after I lost the first two games of the season. Um, thankfully, I've back, 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 bounced back, and I'm 2-2, two and two, but uh, it was a rough start. Uh, don't like losing back-to-back division games when I'm trying to go for it all. But. Yeah, I feel like getting you in after week two would have been uh, an eventful kind of time to talk about. And then getting Brian in after week one and then week, I guess, now or the previous week. Um, but getting him in after week one and uh, just kind of seeing his thoughts. And then we all know his thoughts now um, <laughs> as they're in the league chat. But I feel like those were kind of the two big ones that would have been uh, – would have been good conversations to have. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, why the four-week gap? Well, we were both in Europe in separate times. So uh, I was in Switzerland for for a week. And then, Caleb, you just got back from Germany with fellow league mate uh, Jeremiah Rader. Um, how was Oktoberfest? It was, it was good. It was uh, a ton of fun. Um Maya and I successfully talked no fantasy football until the very last day, um, in which case we then got chastised for talking fantasy football, um, in which I nicely brought up the fact that it actually was probably an accomplishment that we made it that far without talking fantasy football. Um, So it was good. Obviously, Maya and I didn't make any trades, sadly, um, but... Uh, Germany was good, ton of fun. Uh, also went to Copenhagen, so that was that was good as well. What about yourself, Noah? How was it? It was it was great, man. It was we went with my parents, um, so Switzerland's kind of like their spot. So we we were just along for the ride. Didn't have to plan anything, um, and it's it's amazing. So went on a, a hike off the side of a cliff called Via Ferrata. Um, so my dad filmed the whole thing the video is pretty pretty sweet um so yeah it's good but good to be back and um happy to dive in to four weeks of of chaos in the dynasty league so um we'll go ahead and hop into you know segments we got three segments today um first segment we'll we'll dive into just the risers and fallers um, and the standout players and league mates uh, segment two will break down any trades that have gone on since the start of the season. And then uh, segment three, we'll talk through what our, the punishment will be for the loser and some logistics with, uh, with the league. So looking forward to, to jumping in. All right, so let's get started with segment one, Noah, a little risers and fallers. Um, Noah and I thought it'd be fun to kind of start with some players that we we kind of see as risers and fallers uh, from what we maybe thought they were at the start of the season. Um, so we're going to start there, and then we'll kind of jump into actual like team risers and fallers. But starting with the players, Noah, the we'll start with kind of um, – we'll start with fallers and with risers, you know, Start with the bad um, and with the good. Um, so for me, Fallers is um, kind of a little bit sad because I kind of bled into the team a little bit. Um, and I just wrote Maya's running backs as my Fallers. Um, for those who maybe don't remember, Maya has Najee Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, 
Uh, Brees Hall, not as much of a faller, and Pacheco, not as much of a faller. But I think Alexander Madison is kind of disappointed. Najee has definitely disappointed, and Ramondre is also disappointed. Um, and I think all three of those players, if you would have asked us at the beginning of the year, um, were easily RB2s with potential like high RB1 upside, specifically like Ramondre, I think we all thought he would be a top 12 running back pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were kind of the, my initial initial gut reactions was kind of some of those running backs, which always kind of feels like in fantasy, everyone is hurting for running backs. Um, so it's not really a surprise that we kind of see the, the dip on some of those ones that we were a little bit higher on. For sure. Yeah. You know, Maya's running backs, I think at the start of the year, um, were looked at as probably the strongest in the league and it's been a rough, it's been a rough start of it. Um, you know, I think I still believe in a lot of those guys. Um, I still believe in Ramondre, although not this week, this week, his matchup is terrible once again. Um, but yeah, not as strong. I think we were looking at the five running backs that he had and, and uh, it's been a rough start, but I think, my fallers, um, I mean, the low hanging fruit is all of the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> uh, it has been rough, man. Um, to only put up three points on the Titans last week, uh, Jamar Chase to be maybe the most valuable asset in all of Dynasty outside of Justin Jefferson. Um, T. Higgins is banged up, Joe Burrow is on one leg. That's been, that's been tough. Um, and then another, another, I'll just, I'll just hit on everyone's team. So that I hit on Mike's team. That's disappointing. And then uh, Justin Fields. Uh, I don't know how Michael's feeling about his bears, but it has been rough. And I think I got flack on this podcast for doubting the bears and for doubting Justin Fields throwing ability and you were talking about how Justin Fields is an accurate quarterback and, you know, that Ohio State bias. But, my goodness, what a walking dumpster. How many touchdowns did he have last week? <laughs> that doesn't count. It was against the Broncos. The Broncos put... maybe, they, maybe they found something. We'll see. We'll, we don't have to wait long. We they, they got the Thursday night game. So, I've got him in one league, and I'm trying to decide whether I want to start him. So... I have faith that Justin Fields will play well and the Bears will lose. See, the thing is, though, he played well last week, but he didn't run the ball. It was all passing, which I think it does not bode well for fantasy. Um, Listen, prime Bears putting their guys in boxes, forcing them in the box, and making them play in the box, you know? I mean, except for last year when they didn't do that. So, I'm confused. Um, I would feel much better about him if he had, like, 30 fantasy points last week because he ran for 100 yards in a touchdown. But, no. That is true. All right. That's enough negativity. What about uh, some risers, Caleb? Who's, who comes to mind as you think about some surprising players over the first four weeks? Yeah, I just put the entire Dolphins running backs. <laughs> um, anytime you get basically two running backs putting up, what well, I think they put up like 80 points combined one week. Um, that's just insane. Um, you've got A-Chain put up 50 two weeks ago, put up another 30 last week. Um, and that's like Mostert is still also putting up numbers. Um that's, it's just crazy what they are doing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think A-Chain's like a top six or seven running back, and he basically didn't play the first three weeks, right? Um, which is insane. So, uh, you know, I was super high on him. I, <laughs> I drafted him a ton in best ball because I figured if he did anything, it would be like he'd explode for 80 yards in a touchdown because he's – lightning fast um so my best ball team is loving it but uh 
yeah, he's – it's really hard to know what that running back room is going to look like um, with Mostert and Jeff Wilson coming back. Um, but I think A-Chain's deserved the right to – actually, I think it's A-Chan. It's not A-Chain. It's A-Chan, which I, doesn't I mean, feel right. Doesn't feel right. But he's he's earned his way onto the field in one way or another. Yeah, just to clarify, they put up 95 points between him and Mostert <laughs> against the Broncos. Yep, which is why I'm not buying the Justin Fields one-week one spike. Um, but, yeah, they're for sure risers. And really the Dolphins, well, outside of Jalen Waddle, um, you know, is it? does Will have Jalen Waddle? Michael does. Michael. So Michael's got both of the guys you're not high on with Fields and Waddle. Yeah, I'm just trying to tear down Michael's team. I see him as one of my, you know, top competition. So I'm thinking verbal abuse. Maybe it just knocks down his confidence a little bit. Hits the team morale over there. Yeah, he's still sitting at three and one, so I think he's fine. But uh, yeah, um, Waddle has not been has not been as involved. Has been a little hurt. But other than him, I mean, Tyreek carrying Mike to victory. Um, two has been amazing. Running back's been good. So I'd say my risers both are on the same team. Um, it's uh, Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams. Um, did not see either of those coming at all. I don't know if anyone did, although I think Preston was pretty high on Puka to start the year. Preston's um, always been pretty high on Puka. Um, and Brian recently told me that Kyron Williams was better than Bijan. So it sounds like Brian is also pretty <laughs> high on Kyron Williams. Brian Brian was telling me before the season that Cam Akers was going to be a monster. So um, Still could you know, be. He, he had half the formula correct. A Rams running back was amazing. And he had that Rams running back on his team. But it was not Cam Akers. So... Um, yeah, I mean, Kyron, he's like getting all of the work. Um, and Matthew Stafford is like not throwing any touchdowns. All of the touchdowns are going to Kyron Williams. And then Puka is just playing that Cooper Cup role for the Rams. So it'll be really interesting to see when Cooper Cup comes back. I feel like they're playing, he's playing the role that Cooper Cup's going to play. So I don't know how that's going to change um, or what that's going to look like. But Puka has been insane the first four weeks of the year. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting um, with, with Cooper cup coming back, what that looks like um, and how they kind of utilize two guys who it seems like have a very similar skill set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they're just, they're just good at playing football, you know, like they're not the craziest athletes in the world. They just know where to be. Um, and, I mean, you can never have enough of those guys, but there's only so many targets to go around. So, we'll see. But, I mean, long-term outlook for Puka, you know, Cooper Cup's getting a little bit older, can't seem to stay healthy. So, um, I tried to get Puka off of Preston after week one, and Preston wasn't having it, and that's probably a smart move. Just to show you a little bit of their similarities, Puka is 6'2", 205. Cooper Cup is 6'2", 208. Hmm. They you know, I'm sure... Carbon I'm sure copies give, of each other. Give give Puka like six more years and he'll, he'll have three more pounds of like old man muscle mm-hmm. on him. You know? Yeah, he... Uh, you know, he broke my heart this week. Uh, scoring the touchdown to beat the Colts in overtime. Um, but, you know, Can't I, win them I, all. Have, I have him in a fancy league, so I wasn't, like, too upset. So, yeah. Um, so, what about some kind of league mate or other teams in the league? Um, we'll start with We'll start with fallers again, you know, start with the bad um, and with the good. Who would you say has been the biggest – faller in your eyes as a kind of team yeah i mean 
Um, I think we're probably both thinking of the same person here. Um, Charlie, the the back-to-back champ who I think we've done a good job of giving respect to over the course of this podcast. And, uh, you know, you can't really say much when when he's no one else has won the league but him. But uh, one and three to start the year. Um, Jonathan Taylor not being there has obviously hurt. Um, not a lot of depth there. Um, and uh, Cooper Cup also being – so Cooper Cup and, and Jonathan Taylor both being hurt um, or in contract situations has torn down the, the core of his team. Um, so, you know, I can't say I'm too upset. It's, it's nice to have a change and hopefully a, a different winner of the league, hopefully – Hopefully me, but uh, <laughs> that that's been the the biggest faller uh, so far for me. Yeah, I I one hundred percent agree, and I think we gave Charlie lots of kind of credit in the off season, um, but we also did realize that behind some of those big core pieces, um, there was not as much depth um, behind there. But I will also say. I am loving every bit of Charlie's team being terrible and will continue to love every bit of Charlie's team being terrible. And I hope Charlie is the loser of the entire league. That would just be so just fitting and sweet. And there is like, there is no part of me. I literally all four weeks this year, and I am okay with saying this, I will go check to see if Charlie's winning or losing just so that I can go root for the players that he's playing against. And I mean, when, when Jacob beat him last week, that was icing on the cake right there, right? I think Jacob's tanking doesn't really care if he wins. Well, he does care if he wins. Cause he's, he literally told me today, he said he's too competitive to tank, but he's also tanking. Um, <laughs> but I mean, just, we all kind of view Jacob's team as kind of a, a free win and Charlie's team walked in there and, and just couldn't get it done. And that was, that was very sweet. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I don't know what, what you have specifically against Charlie, you know, I mean, for a second, I thought you were saying that cause you have his first round pick or something, but he, he has his own first round pick. Um, but uh, you know, if he's, wanna... just, he's won two years in a row, and <laughs> that's that's enough for him to be the person we all root against. Right. Some somehow, some way, people have viewed me as this person. I have never won and got last place last year. Charlie has won two years in a row. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I'm I'm not rooting for him to succeed, but I I don't think I'm actively like checking his fantasy scores every week and rooting for him to lose either. I so, am, uh, I will say there's also some selfish things where I text Charlie every single week and say, are you ready to part with AJ Brown, Stefan Diggs, Cooper cup and Jonathan Taylor? <laughs> that's fair. That's so fair. there See, is a little, little selfishness I mean, there where I am trying to convince him that he should start the rebuild with some of his older pieces and come take Preston's first round pick off of me. <laughs> Well, overall, I mean, um, I think it's a little early for us to, like, be waving the victory flag here. Um, I don't know. If, I don't think we are. But there is definitely a scenario where Cooper Cup comes back, Jonathan Taylor comes back, maybe even gets traded. And then he's got Zach Moss, who has all the work in in Indy. Jonathan Taylor, wherever he goes. Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, George Kittle. Um, Cooper Cup and Lamar Jackson. So you know, <laughs> this is why we revel in it, Noah. This is why we enjoy it because there is a real scenario where three weeks from now, Charlie's four and three, and looks like the best team in the league again. So while he's down, we just have to we have to soak it up. We have to enjoy it, and we just have to keep rooting against him. All right, keep kicking him while he's down. Noted. Yep, exactly. Good learning. For for all you kids uh, out there who are listening in Brian's minivan, kick a man while he's down. 
that's yeah. that's the life lesson. We got Brian's kids today. listening in the minivan. We got Preston's kids going to be listening tomorrow. Um, I'm sure Preston will put the headphones on. Uh, we got we got Michael's kids listening. I'm sure of it. Yep. Um, so yeah, for all the kids out there, just kick them while they're down. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, not, not where I thought we were going to go, uh, in this segment, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's the biggest faller. Um, is there anyone else that you'd like to highlight and kick while they're down? I don't think so. I think when I, when I kind of look at it, I think like we Jacob and Alan both kind of called out um, their tankingness. Preston has recently called out his tankingness. Um, obviously, if you look at like other one and three teams, I think you see like Maya at one and three. I think we could definitely kind of view as a faller. Um, but when you look at his team, I think he's still got a, a team that can compete um, with kind of a move here or a move there. I think he could pretty easily be, be back in that conversation. Um, so I don't think, I don't think there's anyone else that I necessarily see as kind of a, a drastic faller, um, in my eyes, but what about yourself? Yeah. I mean, one, I think I respect to all the, the teams who are quote unquote tanking because no one is winless through four weeks, which is, surprising to me i would have thought that um at least one team was was zero and four and was just like fully waving the white flag but um you know i like that you know you sell you sell a lot of your good players um but you're still you know starting people and and making it a competition and hopefully beating teams that are competing that aren't mine so um no they learned from the best last year you know Dude, I had to text you multiple times <laughs> to start. Like, you'd have CD Lamb on your bench. I'd be like, Caleb, like, I can't. I filled can't my that. roster with players that were playing in the game uh-huh. every week. Yeah. You told me that you were resting CD Lamb so that he didn't get injured. That's and what you told me. Did he get injured? <laughs> no, no, he didn't. And you're but, welcome because uh, you now have him on your roster. So. You're welcome for getting him not injured last year. Yeah, how you, how you enjoying Garrett Wilson so far? Is that that feel good? I'm not talking about it. <laughs> and for all of you who keep coming to try and trade for him, he is not available. <laughs> uh, okay, um, risers. Um, Caleb, who's your who's your biggest riser thus far? Yeah, this one was it it pains me to say this but i think it is like the the easiest answer um and it's also the team is four and um but it, it to me it has to be mike's team um i think we all thought mike had a good team um so far this year it's looked like mike has a great team um he has outscored the closest person to him by 60 or 56 points um so he is definitely kind of putting up the most points um which is which is kind of scary um he is he's projected to win this upcoming week and currently has keenan allen in his starting lineup um so clearly and he hasn't he hasn't had austin eckler at all this year so it's one of those things where he has been putting up so many points um, every week between Tyree Kill and Keenan Allen and Pollard and Josh Allen, uh, mm-hmm. where you really just you don't know who's going to go off for him uh, during the week, and it is having just played him quite annoying because you think you're in a good spot, and mm-hmm. then Keenan Allen drops forty two. Yep, and Austin Eckler's been hurt for three out of the four weeks of the year. Right, he's doing this without. Maybe the RB like the RB one, RB two overall. Um, yeah, it's it's disgusting. Uh, given that he's in our division, um, I don't like it. But you know, I I was really hoping that Michael would would take him out this week. That Michael would be four zero, but uh, it was a close game, and 
Mike pulled it out. So you want to know what makes it even worse, though, Noah? What's he that? He doesn't even have his roster fully filled. He has three bench spots that are just empty. He can go pick up three people tomorrow. Yeah, it's, that's a yeah, yeah. He's you know, curr- he's the- currently disrespecting us and basically saying I don't even need an entire roster. <laughs> I don't need a fifty-two man roster. I'm gonna go beat you with forty-two. That's what Mike has told us this year. You know, some sometimes people just weigh you down, so he just drops him, I guess. Um, like, yeah, I don't even know how you get less roster spots. Like, normally, if you drop someone, you pick someone else up, but but no. I don't Mike, Mike has gone the locker room route, and he is only allowing people in that locker room who are going to help him win a game. Well, so far, so good. He's four now. So I know. Um, yeah, that one hurts. Um, that's actually not where I thought you were going um, when you were talking about it's painful to admit and all those good stuff. I thought you were talking about Brian's team. <laughs> no, no um, I'm okay. I'm okay with Brian's team being good. We'll get into it a little later, but um, Brian can Brian can do whatever he wants. You know, best case scenario, I beat him in the championship. There you go. Um, yeah, no, that Brian is, is, is my riser. So, uh, you know, I think we gave him a ton of crap before the start of the year. That was well-documented. Um, and looking at his team at the beginning of the year, it didn't look as strong as it looks now. Um, but we didn't know about Kyron Williams. And I think the only one who knew about DeAndre Swift was actually Brian. Um, you know, he's been high on Swift the whole time, and we just all thought it was a running back by committee. And the Eagles have given the keys to DeAndre Swift, it seems, and he is averaging like seven yards a carry or something ridiculous like that. Um, so he's still trotting out half of the Eagles roster out there and starting Rahid Shahid or whatever in his wide receiver slot. But uh, he's three and one. He's scored a lot of points, and I'm facing him this week, and I'm a little bit scared. So, you know, well it's done. It's really just the deadliness of every one of the Eagles players is going to put up points unless your name's Dallas Goddard. Um, and they're going to put up a lot of points. So it is every week going to give Brian a chance at victory. And it really is like, it's kind of a great strategy by him, actually, where he doesn't even have to watch the red zone. It's just flip on the Eagles game, root for my guys. That's my fantasy team. That's the team I'm rooting for anyways, and there is no separation of kind of ties there. It's fair. And it's yeah. working out. Eagles are mm-hmm. great. His fantasy team's 3-1. and one. Eagles are 4-0 somehow, and – uh they play the Rams this week, which, you know, I would say is a good, not great matchup. So um, I'm just glad they're not playing the Broncos. But hopefully the Rams can keep them in check. Aaron Donald can get a couple strip sacks and uh, the Eagles don't go nuts. So I will say, since you brought up Brian, though, there's kind of two things that we do have to call out. One. Brian would be very upset if we did not bring up the fact that he did beat Preston the week before Preston decided that he was going to start his tank. So um, I also appreciate that from Brian kind of beating that into Preston a little bit. Um, So props to Brian for that one. Um, But we also do need to call out the also obvious that Brian has had 350 points scored against him which is the lowest in the league by a lot. By a lot, yes, it is. Um, for for just know. reference, I put this in the chat, but there have been 200 more points scored against me than Brian in a four-week span. <laughs> and that that's also part of like how these divisions play into this, where, um, you know, our division has Mike in it, who's going nuts, um, and your team and my team have scored well as well, as well. Um, Brian's division has Allen and then Charlie, whose team has, has not shown up yet. So, uh, less, less points, less points to compete with. So 
that'll obviously even out more as we start off the season playing each of our division mates before we start playing other people. But uh, early, you definitely feel the weight of the divisions. So, just quickly, if you would like to know, Noah, um, mm-hmm. Brian had 95 points scored against him week one. We both would be one to know. Um, Brian had, where is he at? 96 points scored against him in week two. Um, we would now be two and oh, um, Brian then had, let's see here, 88 points scored against him. So naturally we're both three, and zero at this point. Um, and then Brian has had in the last week, 86 points scored against him. Um, so we are now four and oh. So, you know, Brian, just want to throw that piece out there. Noah and I would both be 4 0 on your schedule right now. Um, yeah, you know, when you when you phrase it like that, um, I'm taking it back. Brian's no longer my riser. <laughs> he hasn't had 100 points scored against him yet, Noah. <laughs> uh, well, it's coming this week. I'm going to score over 100 on him. So, I don't think so. I think Brian has figured out a curse. And you will probably put up 98 points this week. Oh, man. And Brian will put up 110 and beat you. I I sure hope not. I do have a couple guys on bye weeks. Um, So, old man Mike Evans is not going to be playing, but he's nursing his hamstring injury anyways, so it's fine. Right. You got to heal him up. And, Brian, whatever juju you've got going on, I'd love to get in on it. So. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you did ayahuasca before the season started or something, but I'm in. (laughs) All right. Um, Any other risers, fallers, um, things you want to mention before we jump to this next segment? I am ready to get into segment two. All right. Trades. So um, I sent an invite out to, to Jacob and Preston just in case they could join us. Um, it doesn't look like Jacob's going to join us. So let's, let's hop into to that one. Um, this happened yesterday. Um, so yesterday, let me find it. Caleb, you and Jacob made a trade. You acquired, uh, Javante Williams and a third round pick in 2026 for, um, Jacob got two 2025 second round picks and a 2024 third round pick. Um, so, Javante Williams, you're, you're you're strengthening your running back core. Um, what what led to to you wanting to go through with this trade? Well, a couple things, Noah. So, first off, I did find out that you reached out about Javante, um, and that sparked the conversation. Um, so that was kind of the initial sparking because I, I actually had reached out about Javante probably three weeks ago, four weeks ago, maybe before the season started. Um, and Jacob kind of said, no, he's off limits. Um, not really interested in trading. Um, and then found out that you had inquired and it sounded like Javante was back on the table. Um, so kind of tried to, to feel out what that would look like. Um, I think it is important to kind of call out that the 2024 third is Jacob's 2024 third. Um, and then the 2025 seconds are Allen and Jacob's. So I do think that's kind of an important piece to call out um, on the trade because it projects to be some high 2025 seconds um, and a high third round pick. But um, I think it, you can tell me if you disagree. I think it makes sense for both sides. I think um, for me, it makes sense to to trade some picks and take a shot on the potential of what Javante could be. Um, but also I think it makes sense for Jacob where Jacob's goal right now is to amass as many draft picks as possible and hope he can get a bunch of stars. Um so I think it makes sense for both sides. You can kind of let me know if you disagree. Um, but from my perspective, I think it I think it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think both of you are, are doing what you're what you've set out to do this year. Um, you're you're trading for 
a piece who will help you this year. And then, I mean, hopefully Javante just gets more and more healthy and, and he's good for a couple more years after this and kind of is the workhorse in Denver. Um, you know, I think for Jacob getting two early 2025 seconds, um, I think is, is pretty good return. You know, I, I'm guessing he probably tried to get a first round pick out of you first before that. Um, so, you know, I mean, it, it, it comes down to what you believe about Javante. Um, I'm not super high on Javante, so I kind of see it as, um, as a fair trade. Um, I think Jacob now has three 2024 first round picks and then two 2025 first round picks and two 2025 second round picks. So um, he's got a ton of ammo and maybe even uses some of that 2025 ammo to get more into 2024. Um, So, you know, I, I'll be interested to see what those picks end up being or what he uses them for. Um, But if Javante actually like comes back into form and is the person that the Broncos drafted him to be, then um, I think he he could have gotten more out of him than like 2025 20, second round picks. So um, that's my take on it. I'm also frustrated because I sent him a, a trade for Javante and he never responded to it at all, but apparently he talked to you about it and then he traded them to you. So uh, what the heck? I, I did not know that he did not reply. I just knew that you had reached out. So can't can't help you in that regard. Um, but yeah, I mean, I obviously think it, think it makes sense for me. I've got a lot of old running backs, so getting a shot on a young running back makes sense. Um, but we, we'll see how it kind of turns out. It's, it's similar to the other trade that I know we're talking about. Um, All right, hold on. Let's pause for a second. Preston, what's up, man? Are you are you guys doing just spur of the moment uh, podcast guests or what? Dude, yes, sir. We, we're just we just figured if you're available, we could have you hop on, give give some thoughts about the trade that went down today, um, <laughs> and then and then hop off as like a little little trade segment in the podcast. Yeah, man. I uh, I hopped out of the shower to a couple invites here, and uh, currently just hanging out in the towel. So perfect timing. <laughs> we would have well, wanted you no other way, Preston. Thankfully, know, this is uh, this is this is only an audio podcast. But uh, next time when we're on YouTube, that'll be a sign. <laughs> you have to mark it as explicit. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's break down this trade that happened like you know a few hours ago. Um, Preston and I have been texting back and forth quite a bit for most of the season. I feel like without actually getting a trade done. Um, Preston, I hounded you about Nick Chubb for most of the offseason. Yeah, yeah. And thankfully, you just kept saying no. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It wasn't just you, Noah. He turned me down, I'm pretty sure, Sunday night. And yep. the injury happened on Monday night. So, yep. Um, yeah, that was I, – I genuinely felt bad for Preston in that moment. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate your your condolences. Um, uh, I've now embraced the rebuild. Uh, it's it's inevitable. Um, anybody's available, come get them. But yeah, Noah, you and I have been flirting back and forth for a while here, and uh, finally came to a deal. That's right. And I think I, I'm liking it for both of us. I really do. You know, I I did send the gift to you of help me help you, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, um, I think I think it's mutually beneficial. So we'll, we'll see, you know, in a few weeks or a few years, however you want to look at it from a dynasty <laughs> perspective, who wins. But just to remind everyone what the trade was, um, I gave Preston Michael Wilson, uh, the standout rookie wide receiver for the Cardinals, and my 2024 first round pick for Jerome Ford and Calvin Ridley. Um, so. I guess before before we share our thoughts on it, Caleb, as the third party here, um, what were your what were your thoughts when you first saw the the trade come through and and, and then pushed it to uh, you know to to complete it? 
Yeah, it's funny. My my gut reaction, I texted Preston right away and said that feels like a, a win-win for both sides. Um, I then went and plugged it into the trade calculator, which um, definitely favored Noah on that side of things. Um, and so mostly just wanted to give Noah a hard time for the discrepancy <laughs> in the points aspect of it. Because I do think that it is a lot closer than the trade calculator lets on. I think, one, they have Michael Wilson lower than he's kind of shown that he should be. And then I definitely think Calvin Ridley is higher on that trade calculator than um, than maybe he should be. So I think it made a lot of sense for both sides. I think getting Calvin Ridley for Noah, obviously it's a potential flex play. But I think the big winner on Noah's side of things is probably probably Jerome Ford and getting another running back that you can slot in considering you only have two right now. Um, and obviously Preston embracing the rebuild, getting a, a young wide receiver who looks, looks like he's going to be the wide receiver two on, on the team and compete for a lot of targets. And obviously first round picks are first round picks. So nothing wrong kind of there on that front. And Preston, I will do my best to make sure Noah doesn't make the playoffs and that pick is even better for you. <laughs> yeah, Noah, after it went down, I, I immediately, not immediately, but I texted Caleb and said, hey, your job is to keep Noah out of the playoffs, going to need your team to pick it up, and I'm going to need the Browns to trade for Jonathan Taylor. And if that's the case, <laughs> I walk away feeling pretty good. Now, I don't think either of those two things will happen, but if they do, I'll feel pretty good about the trade. Uh, that would be terrible. Uh, I. <laughs> I need, yeah, I mean, I needed a running back. Um, I think I've made that known to the league. Um, I had the unfortunate experience of starting Dalvin Cook and him getting me negative points um, in early on in the season. So I, I just needed someone, especially if Aaron Jones is not going to stay healthy. So, yeah, I mean, I like Jerome Ford's schedule um, and even thinking through to the playoffs, his playoff schedule a lot. Um, if I am to get to the playoffs, which I hope. Um, but yeah, I think it, I think it just kind of depends on where that first round pick ends up being. It, even in the trade calculator, if that's a mid 2024 first, then I think um, it looks a lot better. If it's a late 2024 first, then um, the, the calculator says that I win it. But um, that calculator also says that Calvin Ridley is more valuable than Cooper Cup, which I I would highly disagree with. So, um, yeah. If uh, if if I was on the end of the show and it was Preston's rants of the week, I think it my my current beef over the last month or so with either this league or just really fantasy football in general is trade calculators. I'm out. I'm all out on trade calculators. <laughs> they're, they're cool. They're cool to look at value and see things, but it's just someone else's opinion. In the case of keep trade cut, it's everybody who clicks as fast as they can to get to the rankings or the calculator lets us know the value. And <laughs> if you, if you like a guy, go get him. If you don't like a guy, don't go get him. Who cares what the value is? But yeah, um, I'll give my thoughts and then I got to hop off here. Um, and actually get some clothes on and, you know, go about my evening, but. And um, fatherhood and all that stuff, right? <laughs> yes. I need to go out with the baby and the wife. Uh, my thought was, I, Noah, yeah, Noah and I had talked back and forth a few times um, about running back. Uh, he had kind of offered uh, basically a second rounder for Jerome Ford. And in my mind, if I was going to trade starters, I needed a, some sort of first rounder. I know Noah's could be mid. It could also be late, depending on how the rest of the year goes. Um, but in my mind, Ridley could be really good. He's kind of high risk, high reward. Uh, Jags have not looked good. I have a feeling they'll they'll turn it around and be just fine. Um, but I didn't I didn't think I was going to get a first rounder for for Ridley just on his own um, as I had hoped. So a little bundle there. I got back a young receiver um, and and a first rounder. So in my mind, this sets me up in the right direction. I'll have potentially three top. 15 to 18 picks uh, next year. Cause I've got two, what'll be early, pretty early second rounders is my guess. And I like that for, uh, for a rebuild. I wish that first, like I said, hopefully Noah misses the playoffs and that ends up being a top six pick. That'd be great. But I, I doubt that's going to be the case. 
Yeah, I mean, I you've been you've been hounding me about Michael Wilson for a while too. I know you're high on him. So um I've already been burnt a couple of times with selling young wide receivers and then them exploding, mainly Amon Ross St. Brown. So um Well good thing you have good receivers, so I I do have some receiver depth. So um <laughs> we'll we'll see. But uh yeah, Preston, thanks for hopping on. Um Go put some clothes on, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, Caleb, I think that rounds out most of segment two and the trades that have gone on recently. Um, I was looking, though, because uh, I was trying to just look at trade activity. Do you know, since the start of this year, so like just this year, not the previous two years, do you know how many trades that you have made so far? Since like... So since the end of last season, like after Preston and Brian started. Yep. Like since February. I am going to guess 13. 24. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I thought 13 was going to be, I thought that was an over-exaggeration. 24 trades i'm pretty sure you might want to fact check me on that but um i I mean i don't even know how to start fact checking you on that so well um, yeah it's uh it's quite a lot so you know it's it's cumbersome and a burden as your co-commissioner to push through all your trades so if you could just calm down a little bit um here's the thing Noah. after every week someone is up or down in value and so it never hurts. Just have a conversation. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I mean, you're trying to go worst to first. So we'll see how it goes. That also does play a factor of being at the bottom and having a ton of draft picks and trying to figure out how you're going to kind of work your way into, into a competing role. And when you have a lot of draft picks, the only way to do that is to trade them. Or wait, and I was impatient. <laughs> well, um, you know, you've still got like two or three 2024 firsts sitting over there. So Dude. including including Preston's, who has now announced that he's tanking. So that yeah. is not fun for me as your um, division mate to see. But I've been trying to sell it and so far I've been getting turned down, but I've also been shooting for the moon. So um, we'll see how that goes. I would say good luck, but I don't want that. So if it makes Uh, you feel better, Justin Jefferson is officially never getting traded to me as of today, even though it was probably forever that way. But that's, that's good. You know, I, I love that out of will. I think it's more just Will doesn't want to have to change his team name, but it's fine. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, D- Jacob tried to trade me uh, Daniel Jones for Patrick Mahomes yesterday, and I told him uh, my team name's just too good. So that's the only thing that was holding me back. So Mahomes is on the table. I'm interested. <laughs> All right. Um, let's Let's move on to this last segment here and talk um talk some just league logistics um so uh caleb why don't you break down uh preston and brian and like them their first year and their decisions on your payment and all that good stuff yeah so i think we kind of told the entire league this in a text message but i think it's good to kind of just cover one more time especially as we finalize some of the details and we have kind of done that this week um but when preston and brian first decided to join the league we we gave them the option of um they could they could pay to be in the league this year and if they paid they were liable to get the first the number one overall pick if they lost and do the punishment um but they also were given the opportunity to win money if they got first, second, third place, um, or scored the most points, et cetera, um, for some of those kind of benefits that we have there. Um, or they could not pay and they were unable to get the number one overall pick. And they were also unable to win any money. 
Um, so Preston and Brian have both decided that they are not going to pay this year. Um, so neither one of them is capable of getting the number one overall pick and neither one of them is capable of winning any money. Um, does not have kind of a, a big effect on everyone in the league. Um, mostly me is probably affected by it. Um, but they will start paying next year. So next year when we get into kind of that role of the season, they will, everyone will be on the same boat for, for pay and punishment and how that will work. Um, logistics for kind of, I think the easiest one to talk about is the number one overall pick. So logistics for that, if Preston does get last place, um, his number one overall pick will become the number two overall pick. And then whoever had the number two overall pick will be bumped up into the number one overall pick spot. And with that, this is a good call out for Jacob and Allen. With that, you will get the number one overall pick and you will incur the punishment that is associated with that. So if Preston's at the bottom of the barrel and you are playing him in the toilet bowl in the very last week, you have already accepted your punishment. Um, so the week before will, will be the week that you are playing to not get punished. Um, so that is kind of a big call out on that side for Brian. We are assuming if he were to make the playoffs um, and he were to make it to the championship, how that would work is whoever makes it to the championship would essentially incur first place. Um, Cause Brian would not be able to win any money. Um, so whoever makes it to the championship would get first place. Um, is there anything that I'm missing on either one of those kind of logistics pieces, Noah? Um, no, I don't think so. I think, um, yeah, in, it's kind of one of those things where we'll cross the bridge when we come to it on some of these scenarios. But, uh, you know, I think if Brian makes it to the championship, then, um, yeah, I think second place would get, I think, all of the prize money um for first but i think we we'd just be able to like figure out what's fair there as far as who gets what or like if brian ends up having like the best record or something i i think we would we just wouldn't give that money to brian but we wouldn't like give it to someone else Eh, maybe we would i could see us giving it to someone else or i could see us just like putting it in the pool and like making all the other prizes just like a little bit bigger I would say let's make this decision right now, Noah. Um, I think I would vote if Brian scores the most points or has the best record in the league that that money just gets allotted out to first, second, and third place. Okay. Would be um, my vote. I I like that. I Yeah, I think that's good. Honestly, I... I <laughs> I don't, I don't know how, how much you we're going to have to worry about it. But again, um, you know, it's never know. You never know. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But yeah, the interesting part of that is that both Brian and Preston don't have their own first round picks. That's <laughs> what makes it complicated. That's what makes it complicated is that Caleb has Preston's and Jacob has Brian's. Um well, and the other complicated part is Jacob also has Allen's. And so this is why it is a good call out to Allen that if he has the number two overall pick, he technically doesn't have it. Jacob has it, but he still incurs the punishment. Um, and so that is why that's kind of a big call out too for, for him. Yeah, exactly. So if everyone else is confused as you're listening to this, as we talk about it verbally, um, maybe we should, we'll also send out a summary text just in case not all of you are listening to this at like 50 minutes into the podcast, which, you know, we wouldn't blame you. Um, we but, would not short story basically is Preston and Brian cannot win money and they cannot get punished, but someone has to win money and someone has to get punished. I like that summary. And that leads us into how will they get punished? Um, you know, I think we've brought up a couple of different um, proposals. You know, the one that we've done the last couple of years of Waffle House or Taco Bell or um, something where you're staying 
at a place and eating until you can leave. Um, the proposal that Michael brought um, a couple episodes ago on the podcast is a little bit different. Um, Kev, do you remember the details on what Michael proposed? Yep. So Michael proposed um, essentially in a 24 hour period of time, you have to get to a score of 50 and you get to a score of 50 by either drinking beer, eating donuts or walking miles. So each beer you drink is one point. Each donut you eat is one point. Each mile you walk is another point. Yeah. Um, which sounds a little brutal. Um, I did hear through you, Caleb, that Jacob, who, you know, probably has one of the best odds of doing this this year. Um, Jacob is super excited about this idea from Michael. <laughs> Jacob is more excited about that than sitting at Waffle House. And Jacob did not seem very worried about Waffle House. So from my perspective, Jacob seems to think this is a better punishment. I personally think it is a worse punishment. I think it sounds better on paper, when, but when it gets down to it, either you're going to walk a marathon and eat 24 donuts or you are going to feel so terrible after 30 donuts and 10 beers and 10 miles. Yeah, um, I would agree. I, I think maybe this is just soft of me. My proposal, I really like the idea um, from Michael. I would almost just lessen it a little bit and make it like 40. Um, I feel like 40 is still worse than Waffle House or any of those punishments, but is a little bit more um, achievable <laughs> without absolutely killing yourself. What do you think about that? I'm, I'm open to 40. Um, if we're going to lower it to 40, I feel like there needs to be some sort of punishment if you don't complete your 40 in a 24 hour period um but i'm open yeah because i mean that would still be 15 miles 10 beers and 15 donuts i guess well i i mean for me it'd be two beers and and 23 donuts which still sounds pretty <laughs> pretty terrible it sounds worse than eating like five waffles at waffle house and sitting there for seven hours that's for sure having sat at waffle house for six hours um it's not a great experience <laughs> and the waffles probably sit as well as a donut if not worse <laughs> uh Okay, well, I, I was three waffles in and I thought I was going to throw up. <laughs> I think I think we need to put this to a vote within the uh, within the league. You know, I don't I don't think this is something that me and you can just make an executive decision on as the commissioners. Um, so maybe we can make a like Apple poll survey or something, um, given the options. But I do almost want to give a little bit more preference to like Jacob and Allen, who um, since especially since Preston and Brian can't be punished, um, I'd say odds are more than 50 percent that it's either Jacob or Allen this year. So yep. um, but I do we, we should hammer that out in the next like week so that everyone's on the same page before we get too far into the year. For sure. 100% agree. I think we get it hammered out in the next week. And then another piece that I think um, we propose kind of at a similar time is that any league changes only occur at the draft. So we'll take votes on any kind of proposed league changes at the rookie draft um, so that we're not kind of doing stuff in the middle of the season. Completely agree there as well. Um, definitely don't want people making decisions based on a set of assumptions that then changes. So, yep. Sounds good. All right. Well, any closing thoughts, Caleb? No closing thoughts. Excited to kind of get back in the swing of some of the podcasting. And I'm sure we'll, we'll bring on some, some people during the season and kind of talk about where they're at, where they thought they'd be any 
frustrations they have or positives they have um, from the season. Yeah, sounds good. It'll be good to get more people back on. Thank you to Preston for joining us briefly um, and discussing that trade that went down. Um, well, I don't think we're going to commit to any type of timeline on, you know, when episodes will come out. I think it'll just depend on scheduling, but uh, probably more often than once a month. So uh, always something to talk about in the middle of the season. So, Caleb, thanks for your time. And um, I hope you lose this week. Thank you. I hope you lose as well. I hope you put up 98 and Brian puts up 100. (laughs) Oh, please no. Please no. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you all.